Welcome to the Recovering Academic Podcast. I'm Amanda, and I left academia about one year ago to become a scientific editor for grants and manuscripts and an editorial manager for a science website. I'm Ian, and I've recently left academia to move into a science communication, editing, and publishing career. And I'm Dr. PMS. I've left academia about two years ago to work as a biotech salesperson, and I'm still in recovery. We're in various phases of transitioning out of academia, and we'll share insights, advice, and problems we encounter at each stage. Hello, everybody. Uh, Welcome back to the Recovering Academic Podcast. Uh, I'm here with uh, Clady and Amanda, as always, and I'm Ian, as always. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Are you sure? Are you sure you are? No, I'm not. But... um, most days, yes, that's who I am. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we're here for another new episode and discussion um, that's my topic idea and talking about not slipping into, um, you know, cynicism that's actively harmful to your career transition and to your career and life in general. Because cynicism is. A feeling that I think can really be a drag on, I mean, anybody's life in any context, but in the context we're talking about it, um, if you're an academic trying to transition into a career beyond academia, or um, you're an academic going for the tenure track or something like that, it's super easy to slip into this idea that, you know, no matter how much effort you put in, you'll never make it, you'll never get ahead. It's easy to become cynical about the entire process. Um, You've applied for 50 jobs and not gotten one yet, or, you know, like, and what is it about you and what's wrong with you? And it's easy to fall into, um, you know, what's, I, I mean, I think in the psychology world, they'd call it learned helplessness, just of like, no matter what I do makes no difference. So why am I even going to keep trying? And that's something that we don't want anyone to fall into. And so I thought we discussed it a little bit and not developing those cynical feelings in the first place. Um, And not, you know, falling into a trap of, well, I'll just do um, like, you know, I'll take anything that comes along, like, because that doesn't necessarily lead to a good place either. Like, if you have to have a job, I guess, like, you know, take the job that comes your way because you need it. But at the same time, don't give up looking for that thing that, you know, because you have to feed your cat, too. Right. (laughs) Um, Don't fall into that. It's pointless to keep trying, I guess, and sincerely trying. Right. That and not falling into the cynical attitude that you know, the world doesn't care and nobody will ever care and it's, you know, nothing will ever improve. Yeah. So that's, right. So that's the frame for this discussion. And um, I think it's something that's hard to, that's, you have, or at least I have to consciously focus on reframing it in my own mind Mm -hmm. before I can um, project that. So it's easy to fall into this idea of, this will never work out or well that seems to be the my my default is this will never work out or um i'm not making enough progress and i 
when I try. It doesn't work, you know, that. So I have to reframe it in my own mind in a more positive and maybe even a little bit more realistic, like, view. Right. Because, like, I think that sometimes my default, and I think a lot of people, like you were saying with, um, or like you've said in the past, like, science tends to be very skeptic. Yeah. So I think everybody's default tends to be skepticism and maybe a bit on the negative side. So like So Yeah, I believe that in science we we have a lot of this uh I just I just saw on Twitter today a tweet that was like, "Oh, I got my first grant rejected. Now I really feel part as a uh scientific community." <laughs> and and it was kind of funny, but it's sad, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like sad. And then if you kind of like, okay, why should I keep uh, applying for grants if uh, if like nine out of ten are going to be um, rejected, but I like right? That, but I like that framework that that person mm -hmm. had of like, oh, like I've now got my first grant rejected. That just means I'm part of the community. Like I'm fully initiated. That means that I'm now <laughs> free to go on and like apply for more. And then the next one, maybe you'll get like, it just seemed, I mean, I didn't read the tweets. Right. Maybe it's not like that. But when they were saying this, it's like, oh, I've reached a developmental milestone. Like I've achieved this. Now I can move on to doing, you know, something else. Yeah. Maybe that's the right way to take it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like to, to kind of like avoid the, yeah, like, feeling paralysis. Like you know, if you get if nine out of ten grants are rejected, um, then you know you've got to you only have to write nine more. Like your first one down, nine more to go until you're funded, right? Right. <laughs> but at the same time, it, yeah, exactly. No, that's I mean, and I think that's the healthy way to frame that, right? Mm -hmm. um, because you know, as many will point out, and this may not be easy to see with like grant rejections and rejection period is that, you know, it can lead you, it can be useful that you've done all that work for future things that you can pick up pieces and you've thought deeply about mm -hmm. something at least for a while. And there's probably something there you can learn and move on from. Yeah. If nothing else, um, grant writing focus makes you focus on writing things clearly and makes you think right. out all the steps and everything that needs to be done to achieve that. So it's not a wasted time. And I'm sure there's other things like writing resumes and job applications that aren't necessarily a waste of time. So, right. And I can, and... I can see that uh, whenever something is kind of like smaller, like mm -hmm. closer to you, closer to your reality, and it's, at least I'm talking about myself. I feel like for me, it's easier to, okay, this is not working, but uh, try to see the, 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 the big bigger picture mm -hmm. around myself. But whatever is like a big, big thing, like a real big thing, like uh, I was, I was um, when I read that tweet, I was kind of like, science needs to get more money you know we cannot right. be in this in this not having enough funding and fighting for fun and then what can we do again for that we can i mean there are people we, i could go like do science policy and try to go to dc and try to to advocate for that but then it's kind of harder when whenever you i think that the more the deeper you think about the the problems of uh, humanity or science or whatever you think the harder it is for you to 
avoid feeling like that. I completely agree because like, uh, right, that's exactly right. And like, this is my sort of my point of how it's easy to slide into it because, you know, like you can be upbeat for a while about like, yep, got my first rejection. Okay, I got my seventh rejection, got my 14th, got my 21st. Like, when does it end? And when do you give up? And when is it, it, you know, like, when do you start thinking critically? It's like, okay, like, what is going on? Like, is this a systemic issue? Is this something that I'm doing? And like, how do you keep being proactive given, you know, like the odds? And like, I shared... Like, I'll, we'll show this in the show notes, too, but, like, I shared this brain pickings essay that Maria Popova wrote um, about hope and cynicism and called Help, Cynicism, and the Stories We Tell Ourselves. And, like, you know, her sort of thesis is, you know, critical thinking without hope is cynicism and hope without critical thinking is naivete. So, I, you know, and you sort of need a combination of hope and critical thinking to really thrive in this world. And it's easy, like, I think scientists have the critical thinking part down. Yeah. And we're sort of trained to not hope very much, I think. Um, And so, like, I don't know. I think it's easy to stuff that part out and just be left with a critical part, the critical thinking part where you're tearing apart the systemic issues and the issues with your grant and tearing apart everything rather than building. Does that make sense? That does make sense. Yeah, so, thinking. yeah, and, like, that's true with, like, the job search. If you're an academic going from academia to, um, you know, to some other field. And, like, you know, I think it can lead you down, like, you know, a pretty negative path, right? What can help kind of counteract that is before you start out on a path, or even if you need to reevaluate while you're on the path, is mm-hmm. how, like, what your limits are. Like, how far are you willing to go? Like, if you get mm-hmm. that... 10th job rejection like does that mean that you're going to reevaluate whether you want to go down this path or maybe you'll hire a um i don't know you'll hire somebody to look at your resume or with job coaching skills after your fifth rejection like it kind of helps to set those limits ahead of time like for mm-hmm. me i do that sort of with um starting my business like if i didn't bring in x amount of money or i didn't secure x number of clients by this date, then that would be something that I would reevaluate and decide, okay, like, did I, if I miss that dollar amount by just a little bit, then maybe we'll go like, like decide that you're Mm going to do those sort of um, checkpoints. And that can hold true even for like grant writing. Like if you, if the odds are that 10% get funded and you write 10 grants and 10 don't get funded, maybe after that 10th grant, you get somebody to help you um, write your grant or you something like that. Yeah, I feel like the 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 there is a certainly there is you, at some point you need to sit down and and get realistic. Like yeah. I don't know, either look at stats or or just because mm-hmm. yes, a lot of times there might be you might need help. You might be able to get help, but uh, sometimes maybe you're just trying to do something that uh, it's not for you, you know? I mean, maybe, yeah. yeah. So like, you have to like take stock of whether or not what you're doing right now is making you happy too. And and it's kind of like the sunk cost fallacy, mm-hmm. you know? Like, sure. 
that you need to at some point you kind of keep doing it because you invested so much and and then you don't want to give up but there is a point where um you might have to give up and 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 knowing that it's of course and then i'm talking about like I don't know, academic, like, okay, maybe there are tons of people leaving academia because they don't feel it's for them, you know? And I think that even tenure professors are leaving academia because they, I think that that's exactly what's going on, that it's not worth. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that, uh, I guess that it's hard. It's not easy. (laughs) I mean, I think part of it is like setting, like on the micro scale, like you were saying, something that's just like involving you, Clady. Like, I think it helps to set those boundaries before you start. Like, I um, mm-hmm. follow the blog of um, the grumpy rumbling, grumpy rumblings of the former, formerly untenured. And they had both said when they started, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty great, like, I highly recommend it. I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, <laughs> they, now I'm curious. Yeah, it's Nicole. Yeah, so these, it's two um, women. Nicole and Maggie and they blog as one person um and like they they like it, it's a great it's really is a great blog but one of the things that they had said is that they were when they were both trying to get tenure because I started to read them when they were the grumpy rumblings of the untenured um mm-hmm. is that they had both set parameters on what they'd be willing to sacrifice in order to become tenured Mm-hmm. And so they each had different things. And I think one of them was that she wasn't willing to sacrifice for horseback riding. Like she enjoys it and she wasn't willing to not do that. And another I think mm-hmm. had um, kids and she wasn't willing to like miss something. I can't remember what exactly that something was. But miss something that one of her kids or kid or kids were doing. So like they had set those things ahead and they were like if I don't get tenure then I still want to be happy with what I was doing. So I think setting those kind of boundaries as to what I would do like if I'm gonna apply I will be okay with applying to 20 jobs I'll be okay to going here there wherever but I'm not gonna be okay with doing this before you start out on the macro level I have nothing yeah so right I right so I mean I think this is interesting in terms of like because like you know PhDs so Right, so I think something else that might help is acknowledging the fact that there is some element of chance involved in all of these processes, right? Oh, yeah, of course. So, and something that, you know, we sit there, and I think this is, like, another thing that can easily lead, like, saying that said, like, I think there's another element to this that can easily lead to cynicism among, in the, you know, like, we're highly trained, we're highly skilled, and I think we all know... Like, I mean, I'm sorry, maybe it's only the life scientists, I don't know, but like, you know, there's a famous quote, I, I think it's Louis Pasteur, right, who says, like, chance favors the prepared mind. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, my mind's not prepared to transition from academia, and so, like, I've got no chance, right? Like, it's, <laughs> you know, it's hard to start, you know, if you're feeling like you're coming from nothing, especially if you're like, oh, well, academia was my plan, and now I have to ditch it, and I didn't have a plan B, mm-hmm. um, which I think that describes a fair number of people I mean maybe not anymore and I hope PhD students and postdocs are better prepared now but yeah. um, I feel that there's it's changing mm-hmm. probably there's still a lot of people out there that uh, and I actually know some that 
talk to me about, oh, I'm listening to your um, podcast, and and they are in academia and and kind of like still in the closet, you know. <laughs> They kind of like maybe I'll leave, but right now I'm still here. Let's see mm-hmm. what it happens, you know. And and I feel like yes, that's that's probably still a good part of them. Don't know. And yeah, it's hard, especially whenever you you have to. Uh, as Ian were uh, talking before we start recording uh whenever you are applying for jobs you have to kind of dress up and put that um face as um your resume or and then afterwards in your interview of something that um it's something that they want something that you what we are doing because you want to get that job and how much is it really you and how much it's what you're trying to show them? Right. And you're being cynical about what you're presenting and like, you know, like, is it like a cynical, fundamentally cynical process of, Hey, I'm lying to this potential employer on my resume because like, this is literally what you want to hear. Right. Like that's all I do. You're lying. You're not lying. You're just doing, putting like fluffy, you know, highlighting the things that are relevant. See, I'm a very good cynic, you guys. <laughs> like, well, see, I don't think that's critical thinking because I think I think that if you I mean, critically thought about it, then you would say that you weren't lying because you're not misrepresenting yourself. You're just presenting a very specific version of yourself right. that exists on the best day of your job, which. But we, but also <laughs> on the other hand, we do that on a daily basis mm-hmm. come on you 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 you're not going to go to the supermarket and even though like if if you have a nasty comment to do about someone's appearance you're not going to go there and talk to them you know or, or no. I, I don't know you keep that uh, yeah. on your inside yes absolutely and, and, yeah and and and, and well, that of course. Yes. that was just like one one example and problem i don't know if it was a good one but but I mean, like, you are presenting yourself on in the best yeah. possible light because that is your job as a job applicant is to present yourself in the best possible light. You're not lying. You're not saying, like, oh, I know how to do X, Y, and Z when really you have no idea how to do X, Y, and Z. Like, mm-hmm. that would be lying. Saying, I did X and, like, and quantifying it that whatever X is is not um, lying about it. Yeah, no, it's not. Uh, it, yeah, at the same time, like I said, like it's a. Uh, it, yeah, no, I agree with you. I just, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm playing the devil's advocate a little bit here. I mean, Excuse but me. I do get that. Like <clears throat> when I was younger, like I would dress up to go to church, and because mm-hmm. that's what you did, you dressed up in your Sunday best. Well, right. And I was always like I, and you know, there's all this stuff about um how like God can see you no matter what, and He's always watching, which now in retrospect sounds kind of creepy but like and I was, I was always like but anyhow like I was always growing up I was like but mom god knows I'm not wearing I don't wear dresses every other day of the week and I'm getting we're changing into shorts right after this mm-hmm. so I do understand that little bit like you're not being authentic or maybe you're not presenting right. your authentic self right or I mean you know typically people like job advice is like, well, if you have like, you know, 60% of the qualifications, like send your application in anyway. Um, 
And it's like, well, yeah, okay, I guess. But at the same time, it's like, well, I, I mean, you know, again, like it's easy to feel like you're, I don't know, but at the same time, like that is how you grow and make progress too, right? Mm -hmm. Is, you know, you say yes to things that you're not maybe quite ready for and you grow into them. Right. Well, I mean, and I feel... Mm -hmm. Go ahead, okay, I feel like in paper, like whenever you're writing your resume, maybe it's easier to mm -hmm. kind of like highlight the things or but and and put emphasis on the things that you feel like you're better or they, that they will like the most in a job candidate. But at the point that is the job interview, that if you get to the job interview, I feel like then it's really hard to um to just fake to be yeah. fake you are what oh, absolutely. you are and then yeah. and then then that's that's when they're going to say okay you or, you got it yeah you got the job or you didn't you know yeah mm -hmm. i mean and that's why i always wear shorts underneath my dresses at sunday school so i could go on the monkey bars so i mean same sort of thing there you go even if <laughs> That's a very good life hack right there for everybody <laughs> in the world. Hey, when you're going to go in the monkey bars, wear the shorts under your skirt. <laughs> Pro tip from Amanda. Hey, Bravo. never say this podcast <laughs> hasn't given you actionable advice. <laughs> that's brilliant. I, genuinely, I, I, I think that's great. Like, you know, like, look, you're an innovator. You're beating all those other kids to the monkey bars. Hey, man. I was allowed to climb in the monkey bars as a kid. I was happy. Mm -hmm. Very good. No, that's very good. So I, I guess another aspect of of this that can come in and it seems like it's not a good fit for you and you're like wondering if, you know, all jobs are like that beyond the ivory tower and whether or not you could like make another, I mean, I'll call it a quantum leap because that's sort of what it feels like of like, oh, I'm leaping into some entirely new place and body. Um, you know, I need to make this leap again, right? Like, it seems so far and so distant. You need a Ziggy. Right, exactly. I know on that show, it just it sort of, like, happened just instantly, and he was like, oh, I'm in a new place, new time, and it's fast. But, like, you know, if you think about it, it's like, time and space travel and, like, jumping into a new body, like, that's wild. Mm -hmm. And a lot, like, that takes a lot. Like, has to, right, at some level. Oh, yeah. So... Like, you know, Do I mean, you know like, the show at all that we're talking about, Clady? No. no. Okay. <laughs> I'm here with my blank uh, face. Uh, this is like, I mean, this is probably going to be not relevant to anyone in our audience either because, like, Quantum Leap was a, a TV show in the 1980s. Yeah, I was going to say the 80s. I used to come on in the yeah. afternoons and I'd watch it. Yeah. Um, well, I'm in the right uh, age group here, but I'm, I'm, right. I'm not American, so I don't think that there was. <laughs> In Brazil, right. they were showing that show. It, right. Well, anyway, it was probably like, for the best. It wasn't that great of a show. Right. right exactly. <laughs> um, right. Exactly. But you know, essentially, like this guy who travels in time and space, right? Like he would leap into somebody's new body each week and but, embody right, that what's person. What's gone wrong? Exactly. <laughs> that was the tagline uh, for the show. Was to yep. put or part of the intro was to put right what has once gone wrong. So he like went back in time and he'd leap into somebody's body and they would... And fix their problem right. and then leap at the end of the episode to someplace and else. Like trying to get like, back to his own... probably in the end. Like, probably. 
Like, they never Probably, really dealt with yeah. that. But, with the... hey, Clady, that's the cynical way to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> All of those problems, and it was good. Damn it, Ian! <laughs> oh my god, this is too funny. <laughs> <laughs> like it all wrapped up in an hour and it was fine it was fine you know and all those leaps he never went back and got hitler ever you see yeah mm-hmm. but like he was he had no control over his leaps. that's true so. he did not but coming back if you yes. leave academia and you end up in the wrong path let's say in some some somewhere where you didn't like you don't like your boss you don't like your job you don't like whatever right. wrong for you in that right. particular instance yeah. wrong in quotes yes you cannot uh you cannot do that and come back in times so <laughs> uh, i feel that there has to be again an assessment of uh first why this is not mm-hmm. right or this is not for because, you yeah sometimes because maybe it is for you but there's some stuff that is that, that you still need to get more experience mm-hmm. on that you know sometimes new job takes time and um i'm working for for uh, this company that i sell for like three hours, three hours, three years <laughs> and a half. And, and I feel that only now I'm starting to be like, okay, I'm comfortable on my skin, you know, on doing, on talking, on selling. Of course, there's room for improvement. Yes, there is. But in the beginning, I remember that it was really tough and I was very scared to talk to people. And, and my my main reason of being scared was that they were going to ask me something about the the equipment that I was selling and I wouldn't know the answer. And and then I was like, oh my God, how I will feel so stupid because I wouldn't know the answer. So that's kind of like an example. So maybe uh, there is some, um, you need more time, you need more uh, experience, you need to get more acquainted to your new job. Or it might be that it's really not for you. And then, as we always say, your next job doesn't have to be your last job. And yes. and then you need to see what it's not right with this and what you where you want to go, you know? It's kind of like mm-hmm. really that soul search of what will make you happy and 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 try to go for it i don't know i mean mm-hmm. easier said than done <laughs> well it, it, yeah exactly i mean all this takes energy and like i suppose it, it's also maybe not hard to get into the headspace of feeling like, like i felt this way as an academic for a while that just like I, searching for another job, like I don't have time for that because I have a full-time job right now. Yes. Um, or like, you know, like, and like, you know, we all have things beyond our work too that, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I guess I don't really, like I have a cat to take care of and that's about it. But, you know, like there's kids and I, you know, like, I mean, taking care of yourself is important too. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. And like, you know, I barely feel I have time to do that lately. So like, there are these things that you know it can feel like real barriers that can make you be like i did this once and now i have to do this you know herculean maybe 
Sisyphean effort to push that boulder up the hill again, only to fall back down. Um, again, like we're talking about this because, like, I feel like it's easy to slip yeah. into when you know you're an academic in transition times in times where things seem chaotic and you have little control over them Mm -hmm. or feel like that's an easy feeling also like you know what do you have agency over and what you don't so i mean looking for jobs is a pain yeah (laughs) yeah and you know and like the things that work out tend to be very serendipitous and kind of wild and like you know like journalists talk about gathering string and like it's I think job searching can be similar it's like you're gathering string and suddenly you pull on it and there's like oh there's the big tangle and it's kind of yarn to like you know figure out and like that's my that's the job right there I figured it out I found it like in the journalism context it's like you found the story but um you know after gathering all these random bits of string you're like oh wait those two things are related like um and like you know it's it it is a constant journey of self-discovery right Mm -hmm. so yeah so like i think that's um maybe a good place we can start wrapping up like i don't know if you have any final thoughts on this um where you know like again like this is about i guess like the way to end to say you know we'll link to maria popova's piece about cynicism and hope um, and critical thinking and hope and having both of those as, you know, your foundation for, you know, being proactive and, you know, thriving in this world that's very complicated. And, um, yeah, like, I think, you know, like, as we always say, like, you know, this is the sort of a design process, right? Like, you know, if even if you're completely lost and you don't quite know where to go, like, start with identifying a few directions you could go and try to, you know, see what steps you can take to move in one of those directions, right? Or see what seems interesting in that direction and take a step that way. Yeah, and I I feel like um, life uh, comes in cycles as a whole, you know? Like you have your ups and downs. You have times where you are um, feeling very um, good about yourself and good about everything Mm -hmm. that is going on. And there are other times that uh, you might feel like what the hell I'm doing here I'm not doing a difference and why I keep doing this to myself and and I feel like I don't know I'm an extroverted person so I really like to talk about this so Mm -hmm. every time that I I do have some feelings of I don't know what to do or I, I or despair and I try to to talk to friends and 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 just it's easy for me at least to get like thoughts come to your mind and there you think so fast that you cannot organize them mm-hmm. and then it doesn't make any sense then once you talk to someone you have to at least put them on, uh, in a way that people will understand so yeah. um mm-hmm. and on the top of that i feel like uh networking trying to network it's it's always i think that networking we we did an episode of networking like not long ago and and i feel like networking should not be something that you do because you're looking for a job networking should be something that you do at everywhere every all the time so not like okay kind of like 
giving your card mm. and and asking for jobs but just like telling people what to, why you feel where you want to go with your life or what will be your ideal job or whatever you know and try to find people that do what you feel like it will be good for you mm-hmm. and maybe you could kind of like hey here's where I am I don't I'm not really happy here and I would like to to be you yeah. <laughs> oh, and um, what what advice you have for me you know what do you think that I could do and that's that's a good thing because then it's, it's like a win-win situation because you get some advice and the person it's you're networking at the same time you know the person will know that you want yeah and yeah i was gonna say i tend to find myself falling into cynicism because something you said a little bit ago ian made me think of it but i tend to find myself i fall into the more critical thinking cynicism thing when i am not focusing or i'm not taking care of myself mm-hmm. like i'm not doing the things like i'm constantly just going at it like i'm doing you know i'm working all the time and I'm trying to find a job. In my case, it's generally working all the time and hustling to find new clients or what have you. And when I'm doing that and not focusing on other areas of my life, like that tends to right. make me more critical and more cynical of um, how things are going. So just being mm-hmm. able to realize that, yes, you may want that new job and that's something that's really, really important, but it's also okay to take a break and like have coffee with friends or do whatever makes you particularly happy like going for a run for a couple of for you know an hour or however long you go for Mm -hmm. a run for or whatnot like that's not going to in the overall scheme of things 30 minutes or an hour or two hours or half a day is not going to be the difference between you getting a job and not getting a job right yeah Uh, yeah and like i think to connect it to what clady was saying like I mean, feeling like you're connecting with people and connecting to people is important in this. Like, if you feel isolated and alone, like, you know, cynicism is super easy. Like, you Mm -hmm. can put it on like a faucet. Like, it's, trust me, I know. Um, Don't ask me how. Like, (laughs) and, you know, like, you know, taken too far. Like I said, I mean, it's, you know, like these are signs of like clinical depression. Like, so if you're feeling like you're isolated and on your own, like, definitely you know um seek help for that because go see a counselor because like that you know you may actually have a mental illness um not to make light of that but it's you know again something that like i feel like you know like people who have phds can fall into pretty easily like super successful creative people like oh yeah Mm -hmm. right you know so okay i think i yeah um i guess let's can we maybe end on something like a fun part of this where I we're think... talking about exploration? Like I want to bring up like we, and before I brought up this episode of all songs considered that NPR did years ago oh, called yeah. the worst songs of all time. And <laughs> like, this is like my favorite discussion. Like they've ever done, I, you know, like they've done a ton of stuff since like, this is like five years ago. They published this episode, maybe, maybe even longer. And it's still up on the, all, the NPR site. Like, we'll link to it in the show notes. But um, part of the point is, like, you know, these songs, like, that all the four hosts hate, like, you know, like, they're they're just not for them, right? And they're polarizing songs. Like, they're, these are hit songs that, like, are widely loved by millions of people out there in the world. Um, and yet they're like, no, <laughs> that's not me. 
and I think like as a fun way to end those like you know don't forget to look at what you don't like when you're looking for a job and like look for those aspects too because they can inform what you actually will like in the end mm-hmm. and help you like you know like it's using your critical thinking in a good way that doesn't lead to being cynical about something and be kind yeah. to yourself yes yes be kind to yourself absolutely Always. and i still like we built this city yes <laughs> no I, no 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 no. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no, just no. Okay. I mean, it's a relentless earworm, that's for sure. Like, and oh. now everybody will be You're with that welcome. song. Yeah. You're, You're welcome, welcome, everybody. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> all right, and we will. On that note, we will see you all on our next episode of the <laughs> Academic. See you next see time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Academic podcast. Our music is from bensound.com under a Creative Commons license. If you like our podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps other people find out about us. You can tweet the show at RecoveringAcad. You can also find all of the hosts on Twitter. I'm at LadyScientist. I'm at Dr. Underscore PMS. And I'm at IH Street. We're also on Facebook. You can find us at facebook.com slash recoveringacademicpodcast. You can find all of our episodes and subscribe to our newsletter on our website at recoveringacademic.net. And don't forget, there is sunshine outside the ivory tower. <laughs>